Hi, thanks for listening to Bowties in Business. I'm your host, Tim Kubiak. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes, and certainly you can always reach out to us on our socials at Bowties in Business on Facebook and Instagram and Bowties in B-I-Z on Twitter. You can find me at Tim Kubiak on Twitter, LinkedIn, and of course at timkubiak.com. Today we're going to have a series of guests as part of our Best of 2020 programs, and this is on innovation and entrepreneurship. So we'll be hearing from Amanda Ma, who runs an amazing marketing agency about how her leadership style has grown with her business. We'll be talking to Alex Sanfilippo, who runs a popular podcast, but also runs the Podmatch service, which I've used to get a lot of guests. I'm a huge fan of it. I plug it every chance I get. If you run a podcast, you're not using Alex's stuff. Check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, we'll have Julio on, who talks about an entrepreneur's mindset. He's from Mozambique. If you missed that episode, definitely worth checking out in here and there. We'll have Giuseppe Grammatico on. He's written the book, Franchise Freedom. One of the other things to know is a franchise and business ownership isn't for everyone. And that's what we cover with Giuseppe. We have my friend Harry Brailsford on, who wrote The Pocket MBA, who's talking about what it takes to really start and grow a business. But today we focus on who should and shouldn't be an entrepreneur. And then we close out with Ina and Alana from MoveUp.today on promoting women in the workplace and understanding the gender differences and how work is perceived so leaders can be more inclusive. So with that, thanks for listening. So your team's grown, your business has grown, right? So how have you changed your leadership style and your entrepreneurial journey as your business has grown? You've got more key clients, right? So Correct. Yeah. I think in the beginning when you're smaller, you kind of want to do everything on your own. Um, and I think in terms of leadership style, I would say more and more, you have to learn to let go and trust. And then right now my leadership style is more about empowerment, you know, letting them try it and giving them the freedom to do so and empower them to do so. Cause I feel like for that, and I tell them you take ownership of the experience, just like a life experience, but you also take ownership of whatever that you do. Right, whether it's an office assistant, event assistant, or account manager, take ownership. And we have our core values. So I use that when I hire people to when I evaluate people and just on the day to day. Right. We talk about, okay, how does this live up to the core value? Even when we talk about event, I say, how does this well, one of our core value is well service. Right. So while experience, so then we'll, I'll challenge a team like, how does this event, you know, yes, you talk about all the logistics, all those, those are great, but those are basics for us. But, you know, so kind of bringing it back, how do we continue to offer that well service? And then if they cannot answer the question, they'll have to go back to the drawing board and have a better answer the following week. It's for them and finding that middle space between the brand they sell and adding that expertise out to their customer set for the people, you know, because it is, it is a research, learn, buying decision kind of world. Yeah, I, I think that the balance just has to be, um, we have to remember at the end of the day that every business, no matter what you're selling, it's all H to H, it's all human to human at one point, right? And I think that some of these bigger companies, especially forget that we think we're business to business, uh, you know, like we're, we're selling to another company, but at the end of the day, somebody is making that decision, right? And I think that we can remember that and put ourselves in their shoes and say, okay, if I'm new to this, whatever this product might be, then what does somebody need to know about it? Like, how do they need to be able, like, what do they need to see or know to be able to succeed with this? 
I think if you can start answering those questions and kind of bridge that gap between somebody who's just getting started with it and somebody who can succeed with it, then you're good. And for some products, it might be really simple. Like if you're selling, uh, let's just say you're selling some sort of data service, you know, like you're actually going to be storing people's data and how to do it uh, efficiently and then just share it with just their company. I'm thinking a company like LastPass, where they're keeping your passwords and then making you, helping you share it among your, your different people in your company or whatever it might be. That's kind of complex. So you want a lot of education for that. If you're selling a lawnmower and you want to tell people how to start it and how to cut nice lines in their yard, right? That's a very different amount of education that has to go into that because it's a much simpler service that you're trying to provide to people or that you're trying to sell to them. So really every company has to ask that for themselves, but they have to say, how can I help the human at the other end succeed with what I'm doing and how much education needs to be involved in that? You do. And one of the other things, since you talked about the personas is you talked about what a person who might not be a successful entrepreneur values in their work. Do you mind talking through that for just a second? See, are you referring to where I, I have a section on who should not be an yep. entrepreneur? You, <laughs> okay. You you got it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's my oldest son, Jeff, uh, who is an aerospace engineer in the Mojave Desert at an undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> and he um, has always... Uh, you know, he, he was the kid at four years old who was lining up the Lego cars in a straight line, right? He's he's that guy. And he is an employee and, and happily so. And quite frankly, makes more than me uh, in terms of what I report to the tax man is W-2 wages. Um, every entrepreneur likes to minimize W-2 wages, wink, wink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we like to take dividends and draws. So he literally uh, makes more than me and is doing great. And he's locked and loaded. Okay, so he's a, a DOD guy and he is not an entrepreneur. And that's just his, you know, myopic view. Um, the other one would be, uh, you know, maybe my sister's husband, a career medical doctor in Seattle, you know, just wicked smart um, in his specialty, in his field but probably not the right guy to go open up a food cart or a, a boat tourism company, right? That, that just would not be a natural act. And, and I hope what I accomplished in that section was I give you permission not to be an entrepreneur. It's not bad. It's not bad not to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's, it's just, it's, Tim, it's not for everybody. <laughs> no, no, right. And one of the things you talk about is, Entrepreneurs have to realize whether it's two weeks in or two years in how much time you actually have to spend selling and creating and building those contacts. And if you don't have the fortitude to do that, and I'm a career sales guy, right? So I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay. I got to talk to people. No big deal. Um, the other thing though, that I like that you called on is a lot of it is actually about the interaction. Money is certainly a motivator, but it's doing things that are interesting, having that diversity and routine Getting, you know, frankly, this kind of thing. I do the podcast because I love talking to people. The fact I'm getting to talk to an old friend is a double bonus, right? But I love yeah. talking to different people who are starting different companies. So for yeah. me, that works, you know. But for a lot of people, to your point in the book, you know, if you want to go to the office, have a day, log off your computer and walk away, entrepreneurship's probably not the path for you. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. A friend of a friend's mom in uh, uh, Central Texas. So she's a career, uh, and, and, and God bless her, works harder than I do. Um, I, I don't know her super well, but she works at Chase Bank in a call center. 
right? I mean, that's real work. I mean, these calls are coming in and in and in and in and in. And she's not an entrepreneur, right? She likes the structure of her job. In fact, she was saying the other day that uh, she doesn't like work from home, right? She likes to go into the cubicle at Chase. Uh, her, her social life is the coworker. She misses that. But she has a lot of rigidity, and that's not a bad word. That's what she does. And to your point, with work from home, when she's off duty at 4 p.m. Central, the, the computer goes off, right? You know, versus the yous and me's, man, I'm, I'm, I'm always writing little stickies on a Saturday morning, right? New ideas and something kind of creeps into the wetware and I write it down on the sticky. And um, a lot of times it goes into the file of uh, unused ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few shelves of those. I get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, back to your point about just the interaction and personality. Um, I, I, I want to give a shout out. I, I think it's Jermaine. Matt Curry, uh, I, I don't know Matt especially well. We've traded notes. He's an author, keynote guy. He wrote a book um, that's pretty popular called The ADHD Entrepreneur. And he says, having ADHD is your secret weapon is an entrepreneur, right? So ADHD is like, choo, 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 you know, versus, uh, and, and I mean this respectfully, but, you know, a, a musician who maybe is on the autistic spectrum, like the Asperger's syndrome, right? Again, respectfully, yep. brilliant, brilliant musician. Uh, it's actually a, a distant family member, um, not an entrepreneur, right? Um, I grew up with either both mother, so I was blessed enough to not, not struggle throughout my childhood. And I will see that a lot of my friends, they will have both parents, they will be like financially struggling way, way, way more than I was. And from my young age, I always wonder, you know, I only have one parent, right? I should be worse than my friends with both parents because there's two people contributing to their income. That's when I realized that um, oftentimes you consider that people have like a special skill or a special sauce, but really it's about their mindset, right? My mother has always been an entrepreneur herself um, within an organization and she had plenty uh, of side gigs. Um, so that mindset of creating things and making sure that she's answering a need that, you know, it's clear in the market or clear in the organization really kind of put a, uh, her in a position where she could um, not only make more money, but also uh, change the life of hundreds of people, right? And that was the kind of mindset that I realized that if I went to support people to grow, they have to be ready not only to have access, but really to seize the opportunities that um, they're presenting to themselves, right? And also being able to create those opportunities in the first place. Um, that's uh, how I really got into uh, really supporting people to start their own businesses. And if you are an entrepreneur yourself, uh, I remember when I was six months into my first startup, and I was making all these big decisions and people were like, oh, Julie, that's such a great idea. And I remember thinking, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing here. I'm doing the best that I can, but I'm sure there must be something better than this that I'm just not um, aware of it, right? And I had one of the toughest conversations I ever had with my co-founder and I decided that I'm going to um, look for a job where I could develop my leadership. And that's how I end up of working for Ideal Lab, a Mozambican company that all the whole business core of the company support other people to start and grow their businesses. And that's how I end up leading one of the uh, top tier incubation programs here in Mozambique. Decisions next to owning a home. So contact me and we figure out if number one, if business ownership in general is the right fit, you know, losing a job and 
thinking the grass is greener with a business is, is not really the, the best way to, or the best reason to own a business. So we sit down to figure out um, if business ownership is the right fit. And then from there, you know, it's, it's either starting a business from scratch and what we call uh, the second option is the unfair advantage, as I coined the phrase uh, of owning a franchise um, and the benefits uh, of, of both of just entrepreneurship. And to be very clear to your audience, one is not better than the other. I know it's shocking and I know I'm in the franchise space and I shouldn't say that, right? But it's true. It's based off of what is the best match for you. So franchising system is in place. You can run with it day one versus starting from scratch. And there's a lot of pros and cons to both. But ultimately, uh, most people in my experience of doing this and, and prior to doing, doing this, they want to start a business from scratch and they sit down, you know, pen and paper, and it never gets further than that. They have a bunch of ideas on paper, and it just never happens because of time, life gets in the way, or, you know, travel for work. So, um, you know, it, franchising is not the right fit for everyone, nor is business ownership. So uh, I love helping people figure that out. And as I mentioned, that free intro call that we do, um, as I mentioned, all our services are, are free, but that intro call really sheds some light and allows people to really, you know, think about if, if they really want to go down that path and I can assist them from, from A to Z. So I uh, really, really love what I do. Very passionate. And um, it's a lot of fun. Get, get to meet a lot of cool people. So I think a lot of us have an idea in our head of what a franchise is, but it's probably much broader, right? It's not just the fast food joint on the corner in your town. So can you talk about the breadth and range of franchises? If, if there's a, an existing business, there's a, there's a franchise uh, probably available or will be available soon. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, classify franchise as an industry, right? It's just essentially a business. It could be um, residential cleaning. It could be uh, swimming lessons and it, and, it, and it could be a subway, you know, restaurants and things like that. So uh, employment services, uh, uh, restoration services. So essentially it's a business uh, that has that system in place um, and you're buying essentially the, the, the right or the license to, to use the brand name. You're getting support, you're getting set up in their system. There's many benefits of franchising, but essentially you want that, that turnkey business in a box. It could be home-based. And what that means is that um, not that you have customers coming to you, but you can run it from a laptop from your, uh, your home office and uh, you know you may go uh, you know B to B. Maybe it's a coaching service where you're going from one business to the next and meeting them at their place of business, or it's a residential uh, service such as cleaning or painting services and things like that. So um, essentially, it's it's that business uh, set up for you, so you're not figuring out uh, everything from A to Z, and you're uh, essentially running with a, a proven uh, business model, proven system. And uh, as Lana said, a part of the mi minority group, they have naturally, they have more obstacles and more challenges. So this takes more energy for them. And one of them is what Ilana told before is to be a minority, to be the only one in the room. And for this, I, I will show you an example that many women feel that uh, play the game is to be present, you know, to give yourself. To, to speak in meeting, like Ilana says before. 
And if I'm a minority and, snow, and everyone look at me and see that I'm making a mistake and I have also another syndrome that's called the perfection syndrome and I want to be perfect and I want to be like, you know, uh, the duck, the duck that is going on, on the water is like slimly, it's very, you know, it's going very smooth and doesn't want everyone, anyone to know that you are paddling frank, frantically to stay afloat. You know, we don't want to see that. So this is all the energy that women um, invest in playing the game and it's more than other uh, majority group. In one of the questions you ask openly on your website, which by the way, for those of you that want to learn more, go to moveup.today and there's some great primers there, if you will, and foundations of what these ladies teach and, and they have an impressive client list. One of the questions you asked directly there is why aren't there enough women in leadership positions? Yeah, and it's a lot of times a question that we ask in workshops, also when we do it to men and women, managers and leaders, and also we ask women. And it's interesting because a lot of times the answers are different. Um, so we think that one of the main reasons is the fact that they don't play the game as much as the men. There are a few reasons. That's one of them. The other re main reason is that a lot of times there are different things that m leaders can do and that they're not aware of. And that if they would do that, then we'll have more diversity and inclusion. And they don't do it because they you know, don't care. A lot of times they just don't know about what kind of difference they can make if they will be more aware of the differences between men and women in the workplace. And if they would be more aware, then they will be able to promote more women. Like Inat just said, sometimes it's because we think differently for example, we had this in one of our workshops. We had um, men and women in the same rank. It was, I think I can't even say it was in the army. Okay, so they were in the same rank. They were leaders. And we started a discussion about what uh, Inat said about the Tierra syndrome. And it was interesting because the men said, what do you mean the women expect to be promoted on merit and on hard work? But that, it doesn't work that way. They should come to me and tell me, I want the promotion, I want the project, I want the client. I mean, why would they think that I need to guess this? And then the woman said, what do you mean? I mean, if she did a great work, you as her manager should notice that and you should give her the promotion, you should give her the client, you should give her the project. What do you mean? And once we have an open discussion about how we see these things differently, then this guy will know that, for example, the woman that works for him, it's not that she didn't ask for the promotion because she's not ready or she doesn't think she's good enough. She didn't ask for it because she thinks it's his job to realize that she's good enough for the next level. And once, and if he knows that, then he can start, you know, noticing the woman or can he put like different things in, for example, he can tell all his employees, men and women, that he expects them to tell him their ambitions for the next two years. Once he says that, then the women will probably do it and they will say, you know, I see myself as X, Y, Z. And then this will level out the playing field. But if he doesn't know about this difference, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't do this because he thinks that other people are like him. And so he would ask for, you know, the things that he wants. So probably all of his employees will do the same. So that's one of the reasons that we don't have enough awareness and the leaders don't have enough tools 
so that they can level out the playing field. And once we do that, given the awareness and the tools, then we can see more women who are in higher levels. And then the other side of it, the flip side of it is the 